Welcome to another wonderful episode with the Wake Up Call podcast with me, Leo Crystal Queen. To all my kings and queens listening, tonight we have a very, very special guest tuning in all the way from Colombia, and that's Becky. Becky is a pediatric nurse with 10 years of experience in the healthcare. She moved to Colombia three years ago and became a master Reiki practitioner. And she opened her business this January called Reiki with Becky. Hi, Becky. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Hello. It's so lovely to finally meet you. I love the podcast and your magazine. I think it's really beautiful. Um, I love that you interview normal people, just to remind people that everyone has that infinite potential within them. Yes, of course, uh, everyone matters. And of course, uh, as light workers, we need to support each other to spread the light. So I think it's very important uh, that we unite from different parts of the globe. I mean, on the podcast, I've interviewed people from everywhere. Uh, so I'm very happy that you're tuning in from all the way from Colombia. So tell us, Becky, how did your journey with uh, Reiki first started? No, oh, thank you so much for the question. So, um. Actually, I would say my spiritual journey started unconsciously when I was a child. Mm -hmm. um, I would naturally feel energy very deeply. Um, and as young as free, I used to ask my mum why she never would say goodnight to the people standing at the end of the bed. Um, I don't know whether spirits are here with us physically in a physical form but I believe you can connect with them through the energy they create mm -hmm. as this energy can travel through time and space so all spirits um, that I have seen I'm pretty sure that I perceive them in a physical form just to help me process um, what I was seeing but really I was just connecting to that energy yeah, so yeah. That started happening from a really young age. Um, in your magazine, I talked about uh, how I could feel the energy of buildings. And I talked about when I was about 12, we were staying in a hotel in Budapest. Um, and I physically couldn't go through the door of the hotel because I froze. And my heart was beating really fast. Um, I could feel fear and grief and I started to cry. Um, and later we found out that this hotel was actually a Nazi headquarters. So I find it really interesting energy because the energy from a traumatic event can actually um, be stuck within the walls of the building. Mm -hmm. um, and... I really believe that sometimes we forget that we're more than just our mind and our physical body. We're actually um, our energy and mm -hmm. it has no time barrier. And I think that's beautiful because it means that we can always bend time. Um, and really, exactly. That is so yeah. true. Was it, wasn't it uh, scary for you to have that experience? Because I... I would say, you know, my childhood, I had a similar but not the same experience. I had a very prophetic dream. So people who would die will come to speak to me before they die. So, for example, oh, wow. someone someone is in the last minute of their death. 
you know, they'll connect to me in the dream and tell me that they're dying and tell me and like a last message before they die. And then my mom will wake me up in the middle of the night and tell me, oh, you know, your uncle just passed. And I'm like, I know, I just had a conversation with him. And everyone will be like, uh, okay, that's, that's a bit weird. And, but for me, for me, it was very, very scary. So my childhood was mostly, I was sleeping only with the lights on. Whenever I would go, I would have to always have the lights on because, because of that. Uh, and I think I kind of lost it after my childhood because they probably saw that I was a bit scared. So they kind of, my higher self kind of blocked that um, gift uh, very early, actually, <laughs> in my childhood. Wow, honestly, that's such a, it sounds very scary, but it also sounds really beautiful that they they chose to connect to you at that level. And yes, yeah. so beautiful. Um, Were you yes. scared? I would say yes, the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. I was definitely scared, especially when, um, I think in buildings, uh, when you can feel the energy of a building, um, it can be good energy sometimes, and then that can connect you to deep peace and deep love. Um, but yeah. when it is that trauma, um, it's really hard because you don't know what's going on because there's so little information about energy, even yeah. though, say, Einstein's done a lot of work <laughs> um, about how we're all connected through energy. Uh, people don't really relate to that part of them. So when you tell, say, the grown-ups around you, they also mm-hmm. seem a bit scared and they don't know what to do. So, yeah, I would say I was scared. And I did have one experience that was a little bit scarier than that. I was staying at a friend's house and um, I consciously went into the house and half of me was in my present form and I was in my physical form. And the other half was, and I was only maybe 13 at the time, and the other half was communicating to this little girl who was very scared. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, it's okay. And in the night, I felt her cuddle up to me and then I heard a horror, like a really scary man's voice coming towards us connected straight back to my physical body and I was crying and crying and got rang my mum in the middle of the night to pick me up um mm. because that was really scary because that man's energy was scary um and I think mm. because that event was so traumatic uh, yeah. I was able to go through that time barrier by connecting to that little girl's energy I don't think that she's stuck in that event for the whole life I just feel like because we're in the same location at that same, the same location, our energies connect for that, that brief second. Um, But then because I was so scared, yes, I did try and get back into my physical form as soon as I could. Well, you should never then visit the hotel. There is a hotel actually, uh, that a friend of mine brought me. It's next to a Massachusetts hospital in Boston. Uh, and it's actually previously been prison. So it's, it's the energy is there. It's so heavy. I only went there for drinks and I couldn't stay for like sleeping there. I just couldn't. Um, yeah. They converted the whole prison into actually like a um, cocktail bar and a hotel. But uh, a lot of people were saying, you know, it's pretty uh, heavy energy. And definitely I agree with you because when there is a, such a traumatic experience, 
I mean, when we when we die, and if we die in a very traumatic experience, um, all these memories are eventually recorded in the Akashic record. So they kind of stay in the ether, um, no matter what happens, you know, time passes by. But if these energies are not cleared up, they will be staying there. For example, you know, even the energies from ancient Atlantis still can be felt in the Egyptian pyramids, in the stones, because the energy is it's soaked in, right? Um, so I think you're 100%, 100% right. And how did you learn to kind of manage now? If that would um, I, I just want to say I love talking to people like you because everything you say is so interesting. Um, but I would say when I was in my early 20s, my, my late teens, I tried to become really... I kind of rejected the part of me that was sensitive to energy and to be honest, sensitive in general, because I'm a very sensitive person. Um, And I kind of denied that part of me for for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, But saying that, I still was able to just know what people were feeling through that energy. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the reason I'm so drawn to Reiki is because it's, it uses ancient symbols to connect people to their own energy and clear their energy. So mm-hmm. rather than be connected to, say, spirit's energy or calling spirits and those kind of things, I feel like that might not be in people's highest good. But when you clear someone else's energy within their body, um, it allows them to connect to their soul and to connect to their energy and that allows them to really see what's right for them Mm -hmm. and I tend to I do Reiki on myself and I love my one of my favorite things is doing future self Reiki where I just um use the Reiki symbol that connects the soul so then Mm -hmm. I connect the person to their soul so then they can connect to their future self and get advice from their future self So it's like a really empowering way to use energy. So Mm -hmm. I've kind of drifted away from, say, feeling the energy of spirits. And if I do feel energy of a bad space, I just, I use different essential oils. I keep the doors open. I do some Reiki on the the space itself. Um, The best thing is to imagine love and light and just imagine them that they're surrounded by light. I think that works works tremendously good if you just keep sending light and even say the word the word light I think people don't even realize the power of the words and I I was told in one of my ayahuasca journeys the power of words is very powerful so whatever we feel something like that just even saying the word light uh, can be even more to to clear the space Uh, so yeah maybe you know uh, you needed to hear that message I don't know why I just decided I'm going to share that but with the with the healing that you said you're connecting them to the future self does that happen do you do do that online or in person only so I do it online because um I was actually quite uh I wasn't 100% sure about online uh Reiki at first but the feedback that I've had has been amazing because I guess with energy there is no um barrier so mm-hmm. I got, I usually just do a cleansing Reiki session to start with. So they feel, so they're really in flow and connected to their present self. 
And then when they're really in a relaxed state, I guide them to connect to their future self. Um, and it's been, I just love doing it because you just see like, it's a very, uh, yeah, like a light experience because afterwards the um, client always seems empowered and they just seem lighter. It's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. so, so to answer your question in short, I think I've just drifted more to like what you said, the power of um, guiding people to, yeah, the, the, like you said, the good within them rather than uh, focus on so much of that dark heavy energy that is around us uh i think if we choose to focus it's it's everywhere if you decide to tomorrow you wake up and you say hey i want to lower my energy or just look into the metro or look in the newspaper or the tv and there you go you know it's yeah. done already so you don't need to do much to lower your energy uh, but you know to stay kind of in a high vibration you need to literally be very mindful and exercise a, a bit of a discipline of the information that you allow yourself to read or to hear or to practice discernment and also to be um for example for me dancing brings my energy up very quickly i mean reiki obviously massage or anything that kind of helps the body mind and spirit to kind of relax or soak in into like high frequency would be even listening to music sometimes, you know, helps just to bring your energy up. So, yeah, yeah I think it's very, very important. And um, let's say that someone is working through um, some, some trauma from childhood and you are guiding them with their higher self, I mean, future self or higher self. Um, how long do you think that would take a few sessions to clear up or what have you noticed with uh, your clients? So I think it really depends on on the client. Um, the thing with Reiki is that uh, although every human is connected to energy, we're also so uniquely different. So we perceive energy very, very differently. So mm. one person could feel like they're flying and feeling light, while one other person um, releases energy through tears and and crying and then feeling a deep peace so I think everybody reacts and perceives energy differently so it's always going to be very very different depending on the person um saying that with grief uh mm -hmm. it's it's associated with say the metal element and we hold a lot of grief in our um in our lungs in our chest so I think with them I would I would definitely do a lot of um present cleansing energy uh like just like cleansing that energy at first before I even started the future self reiki um mm -hmm. and then yes and then hopefully they then tell me I usually say do free reiki sessions and then have a break um I'm I do that because that's what it's advised on Cancer Research UK because they say that having a lot of energy can a lot because you're processing a lot of new sensations so I say do three or four sessions with me and then have a break and then come back and then mm -hmm. and try again how long how many days between sessions you do uh, I usually do weekly for say uh three weeks or for one of my clients I did for four weeks and then I've asked him to just 
take a break and he's going to come back with me next week because he had a lot of heavy things that he was processing. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, if, if ever you need to do energy work on someone, but they kind of want to do like an express healing, let's say they want to do it in a week or something. Um, you have to have at least 72 hours between energy work. Okay. So what I usually do with reconnective healing is if someone wants a healing, but they want to speed up and they want to have, you know, a few healings in a week, then I, I can do one on Monday. I can do another one on Thursday and one on Sunday. That's, that's kind of how I can do it. Um, because you need to have at least like 72 hours kind of between because the energy is still setting within the body. You know, it's, it's, it's getting absorbed. So, to do too much, as you said, energy work will, um, you know, be a bit too much for people. And I know that uh, for for uh, some people that are very sensitive, it can impact the nerve system. So mm -hmm. you, you really need to be kind of careful how much energy, because everyone will hold different amount of energy, depending how open they are, of course. Yeah, yeah, that's that's beautiful and really important for me to be aware of. So thank you for sharing that to me. Um, and also, if some, if, uh, also, if someone's had like a really heavy session, I, I do suggest that they have like a salt bath or they, mm. they um, have a shower and connect to nature as well uh, with their bare feet. Definitely, it's a, it's a great idea to ground um also um i always recommend crystals as well because i do work with crystals myself so good good protection ones would be like black obsidian or black tourmaline or even um uh, uh also new new moon uh, stone as well uh th these are kind of like very grounding energies and protective energies if they need or hematite of course but um, very interestingly enough i was part of a meditation group and we were just doing some meditation and i was feeling so much energy already so i i was, I was guided to actually hold my crystals because uh, my my nerve system was firing up like fireworks and it reminded me when someone would do like a healing on to me uh, it can be Reiki reconnective healing or sound bath even. You know, I'm also like you, very sensitive. So I feel probably twice as much as a normal person would feel. So yeah, always keeping that in mind is important uh, when you do healing because uh, not everyone is not feeling anything. Because I've had people like my dad was the biggest disbeliever of all times. He was like, oh, I had a muscle twitch here and there, but I don't think it worked. You know, like my dad was <laughs> the biggest, the biggest uh, disbeliever of Reiki and healing it totally. But that's because his sensitivity to energy is not that high. But I think yeah. most people that are actually guided to come to you are people that are ready. They're ready yeah. to do the work and they're ready to actually have that experience to anchor that energy within them. So that that's beautiful. Um, so where can people actually find you, uh, Becky, to book a session with you? So um, it's really, really interesting about your dad. Like my family are the same. They're not very uh, 
uh, as open. But that's really, yeah, really beautiful. Well, we chose them. We chose them. So <laughs> when when I, when my mom asked me, for example, you know, because my mom is like not really in what I am doing, and she's like. How does a child like you come out of me? Like I still cannot explain to myself, right? <laughs> and and yeah. I said to her, Well, I don't know how, but I know that I've chosen you. You know, I wrote on the on the contract, I wanna come with you and you're gonna be my mother, you know, for this lifetime. And she's like well, it was a very smart choice, but uh, I'm still trying to understand you. <laughs> so my, my mom, you know, I think uh, I went through a huge change from being a girl in a club, you know, clubbing to the morning and then going to university wearing high heels to coming back home with only books and crystals and no high heels and no clothes. And for her, it was a big of a shock. So our, you know, families to light workers can obviously experience that shock because when you start to find yourself more, you know, we go to, through this life journey and we kind of discover what we're not so we can find what we are actually. And when you start peeling this, this side of the onion and you come to yourself and you're like, oh, I think I finally found something that, you know, it might be it. And then the rest of your family and your relatives just know one part of you, but they don't know the real you. And then when they see you, it's like such a shock. I mean, for my family, it was a huge shock uh, for, for many, actually, years <laughs> until they start to understand me. So I, I can definitely relate to that because there is, of course, differences. Yeah, and it generally brings me so much joy just listening to your perspective on this. And I'm um, sure there's loads of people out there that feel the same, a bit of the yeah. outcomes, but actually... Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I always felt like the alien. <laughs> I, was very, yeah. I was very feeling very alone. I remember I was the age of seven, no, six, Becky, and I was looking at a screen the black screen and ask my dad okay so how did this universe came to being and my dad is like have you heard of the big bang and i'm like uh yeah but hold on a second if there was nothing if there was this black screen how did this big bang happen if there was nothing you know what happens out of nothing and then my mom and my dad looked at me and i'm like this age <laughs> person you know this little person trying to make make sense of life right how did it yeah. happen I had so many questions from my parents and I'm telling you very high-tech very you know universal questions that they could not handle whatsoever at that stage not that I can do it now but I mean they would tell me that even when I was very young, I would just ask them questions. They were just like out of nowhere, you know, like you'd not expect a normal child to be so interested of in the stars or interested of like how the universe came to being at the age of six. Right. So, I mean, uh, starting to actually connect the dots of like, you know, since you were born, how much different you were from maybe your classmates. Um, you know, if I look at my life, I would say, I'm the only person in my whole class that's, you know, it's completely different. And, you know, it, you connect the dots and then you understand, okay, we need to 
value and appreciate this difference because we came here on this earth to be different. So if we always want to blend in, I tried to blend in so many times and it always doesn't work for me. You know, you have to respect and appreciate the differences, like you said, you know. Yeah, and it's, it's gorgeous that you've been able to like hold on to the spark that you had as a child because that's really beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I can really hear it in your voice it's really lovely to listen to um, yeah. and, and I agree with you because um, I, I mentioned in the article um, I suffered from burnout because I was just always overcompensating because I desperately wanted to fit in but in reality we're also beautifully unique that we're actually not meant to fit in completely just be connected <laughs> so yeah. Exactly. And I think uh, living in a world like we're living right now, of course, for light workers, people, people have no idea that they are probably like a lot of people do, but usually they are light workers themselves if they know about it. But people who are like a regular person that goes from nine to five and doesn't believe anything else than the physical you tell them that there's like light workers and healers around the world that helping Earth ascend to, you know, the five dimension. And they would look at you and be like, wow, you really need some mental health. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, and, and the fact that this is happening still, for me, it's a no-brainer. It's like the veil is lifting, guys. You, you got to face it. You're either going to face it or you're going to be huge shock surprise you know when things start to show up and you know the universe is it's pushing us to grow and we're moving into this five dimension now and you know as a, as a light worker myself because I also still do nine to five job until I completely transition to my own path because I'm also on my way people don't understand sometimes I, I wake up for my nine to five job but I'm completely exhausted and then how do you go and say to your boss oh I was just doing so much like astral work in my sleep for this planet you know and then people would look at me as like something's not right here with this girl you know like she is you know go go figure and explain to your boss oh well this is because I actually have a double mission you know this is because I chose to come to this world and I chose to be part of this huge ascension process but on top of that I still have a 3d bills to pay so how do you manifest everything right and when you, when when you try to like peel the onion because I have I've had this conversation with my um, other spiritual friend that does the ayahuasca ceremonies here in London and he's also working his nine to five and we're just discussing this and I found it very interesting that people you know don't even know about us yet that we even exist because you know it's one thing to just do a nine-to-five job and then you go on with your life you know do your regular chores and go to sleep and recharge but for a person that's actually a light worker I do a lot of my work you know during my sleep time and sometimes I do wake up with zero energy you know and yeah. and that's you know, if I would have to have a healing that they have to cancel because there's no way of me giving, you know, from an empty cup. That's not, not possible, yeah. right? So, so, so for me, everything is still uh, very much fluid and I'm making sense of it as I go. I don't know how you experienced it. How did you completely transition? And I really, really admire people like you that actually fully transition 
which is great. You, you, you have the trust and you're fully transitioning and you're probably having the support as well. I, you know, I'm doing everything at the moment on my own. So it's, uh, you know, having the courage, but also to have a little bit of support is always helpful for light workers. And I, I don't think people understand it enough how much I can stress it enough that support for a light worker is like the biggest gift, you know, they can receive from the universe is someone to actually be there for them. Because I, you know, this journey, it's not talked about often as it should be. And there's so many things that we as a community of light workers and healers, and, you know, there's so many, you know, earth beings that are supporting mother earth it can be with the crystalline grid or it can be with the water or you name it what kind of element but when we support each other we understand from each other's journey that's what's fascinating for me and hence that's why i created the podcast and the magazine to learn more about other people's experiences because i think it's very valuable for us to stay together and share and 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 come together to support each other you know in times like this because it's time for us to be united instead of divided. And together we can give even more light to the masses that need it. Yeah, um, I feel like you're completely talking to my soul. All of this is very, <laughs> very beautiful. Um, it sounds like you're very much a bridge because you're very much in two worlds, like you're a bridge for oh, yeah. dimensions. Um, and... <laughs> I would like to add as well that living in London in itself, for me, I don't know if it's the same for anyone else out there. I lived yeah. in London for a while and it was really heavy for me. Very heavy, honest. yes. Yes, for it's me it's good. also very heavy. And I have discussed that with my also my friend that does the ayahuasca ceremonies. Even though he lives a little bit on the outskirts, I literally live in central London, right? Like mm-hmm. the metro is like 10 minutes away from my house. And... Uh, as much as I love being in London, because there is obviously perks to being in London, I love it in the summer, I, you know, meeting friends in the parks, and it's lovely. Yeah. But it is a heavy energy, yes, definitely, I would say that. I mean, I completely feel a different energy when I go to Holland, for example, and I go on the beach, even though it's Holland, it's like one hour away from here on an airplane. It's, it's a complete shift of, of the energy or you just, and, and maybe it is time for me to move. I don't know yet. I'm still debating myself uh, where, you know, spirit will send me. But uh, definitely, I completely agree with you on the energy. And I think every spiritual person here in London feels that. Most of the people that I've spoken so far from my inner circle here in London, all of them know that it's a heavy energy and people uh, it, it actually comes to them because when you're empathic like you are i am sensitive we can feel other people's energies you know even when i go to the office uh, i had i had a very hard time actually adjusting going to the office which i'm still not going to the office actually after this covid situation is over because i find that now when i'm between two people and there is some sort of pressure or something going on, and I'm in the middle, I feel everything like a sponge. 
And when mm-hmm. I leave the office, I literally need to sage myself, cleanse myself, take a bath or do whatever. So it takes me so much time of my life to just distress myself and disconnect myself from being in the office. And people don't even understand me when I say that, you know. And and I think um, more and more people need to start awakening onto that. You know, that, that it actually exists. It's a thing. And I know that it's not tangible. People cannot feel it or touch it. I mean, they can feel it if they're empathic like us. But most people, for them, it's like uh, just a word. You know, how do you describe a taste to someone? You need to taste it. You you can't just, just say, oh, this this tastes chili and, you know, but they don't know what chili is. So So trying to teach people here in London... I mean, I'm trying to teach some of the HR in my company, some of the people I work with that, you know, I am different. I'm not like everyone else in the office. And as alien as I may look like, I mean, I'm still doing my job. I'm still doing a great job, actually. But it's just I need different sets of equipment for me to work in comparison to a normal person, right? So I think it's very important for us to also speak about it. Because the more we speak, I think we bring so much more awareness for, for the people. And I actually am invited to a gala dinner this Thursday to speak yeah. about spiritual leadership. And believe it or not, my new HR team and my uh, manager will be there. <laughs> so imagine their fascination. I'm just, I'm just going to just channel probably a message because I always prepare something and I always something else comes up. I, I can just I can just imagine their faces after my speech. You know, <laughs> they'll be like, "Okay, so this person we just hired her." <laughs> you know, they'll probably be a bit of like, "Okay," yeah. but and I think I, it's important. They'll have so much um, respect for you because I believe that everybody has a desire to con- connect to the world and feel connected. Um, yeah. It's just. In places like London, with the history and all of that history being maybe stuck in some of the buildings and hundreds mm. and hundreds of people on the tube, to just survive in London, you you do have to become a little bit less connected because you because your well being needs to survive. And and when everybody's in that fight or flight um, system. They, they don't feel safe maybe and when you don't feel safe it's really hard for you to get to those higher frequencies so I have oh, so much sorry yeah. uh, that you're able to balance like two very mm. different frequencies all the time it shows a lot of strength and um, and yeah just have a lot of respect for you I wasn't able to <laughs> I found it very mm-hmm. hard thank you so much I, I yeah this is a very interesting thing maybe i'll touch upon it on on thursday of the importance of how people don't understand that the balancing here to live in london is is pretty pretty hard because you are using your left brain all day at work to do chores and do tasks and then on top of that you want to stay high vibration to be able to be doing the spiritual work which is connected to your creativity, which I keep doing with the podcast, the magazine, the healing, and I'm doing a lot of drawing or, I mean, coloring, trying to use as much as I can from the right side of my brain just to keep it 
going and keep it balanced but sometimes it is you know it does become disbalanced sometimes and I remember the first years the first year I actually came to London I was ready to quit in eight months I said this is not for me it was too much stress um, too much stress I was constantly running around didn't drink even enough water I almost collapsed in front of the overground train like literally someone catch me before I fell in front of the train so I mean I was I was really ready to leave London I came in and the first year I said this life is not for me but somehow I made it through I mean I, I feel like I'm a survivor but as you said, it is very hard and actually can be very damaging because I, I personally suffered a lot of stress just being here. Uh, it can be very damaging to the body. So I think for a spiritual person, uh, trusting that you will be guided uh, to do the work that you're doing and choosing a different country that maybe is a bit more aligned with who you are, I think for you, I mean, that's like a great answer. I mean, I also do my own astrology chart. So, you know, I've also seen how the relocation will impact me eventually. So it's it's beautiful that you've chosen like this kind of beautiful transition to get out of London. London is still in the energy of um, financial capital. And I don't know how long it will take for this energy to really balance itself and for women to be a bit more appreciated than they are at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, I am supporting a lot, a lot of women now, and especially for Women's Day on, on Friday, actually, the event, not on Thursday. I will mention that, what you just said, because I didn't think, think it through before, but I think it's important to mention. And shout out to all the women listening to the podcast. You You are a survivor and... And definitely, Queen, if you're living in London and you are still thriving yourself here, I mean, we all know it's, it takes a lot of work. It's, it's hard. And also also for, for every man, because, I mean, I always like to think women are not the only one on that boat. So, yeah, definitely for men can also be very um, hard living here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And... I'll just touch on one tiny thing. It is a different place in the summer. I will say the energy is really beautiful in the summer. Oh, the I winter... love the summer here. Yeah, the, <laughs> the summer is beautiful, but the winter is very heavy on me. I'm actually thinking that maybe what I'll do is um, go somewhere else, work in the, the winter time, and just come for the summer. <laughs> it, yeah. that, that would be like an ideal thing. Because in the winter, you really get depressed. You can get very depressed. It's raining all the time. It's cloudy. I mean, I'm, I'm so happy it's almost March. I mean, coming to middle of March. Um, and once April comes, you know, and the spring is fully on, I'll be even more happy because I'm actually seeing the sun uh, for first yeah. time. And people, you know, the, the habit regularly don't even know what that means, but for everyone out there that has never lived in London, I mean, vitamin D deficiency is really depressing. So if you, I mean, if you look at society, you know, when I first arrived in the UK, I thought, why people are so depressed in this country? No one's smiling, everyone's in a rush. 
now living five years in this country, I already know the reason why. Yeah. The mystery of the sun. You you don't get enough sun, you don't look happy. <laughs> that yeah. that's that's what it is. And probably in Colombia, you cannot complain of that. No, no, I'm I'm very yeah, very blessed with that here. Um, especially apparently people who have a lot of the air element in them so people who are quite spiritual or do a lot of reiki apparently they need to feel um, a lot of sun and a lot of heat to help them connect to the other elements as well (laughs) well definitely the sun is actually the sun is actually healing your soul so when you were bathing under the sun, what people don't understand is you're soaking yourself with light coats. You're, you're soaking yourself with light information that goes into the core of your soul. Because the sun, the reason why the sun is like the center of the universe is because it's one of the creators who created this kind of, you know, the milky galaxy. So the energy of our own sun and the central sun are vital to our actually own soul. It's not only about the body and the physical, you know, you're going to get vitamin D or your processes in the body will go perfect. And But people don't understand it's also on a mental level and on soul level, the sun is very much important. And I cannot imagine, you know, what they're trying to do now in China of creating a fake sun to substitute our real sun. So they want to make us not be even able to recharge from the sun. I mean, on top of everything else that they're doing, they want to do that as well. I mean, come on, guys, we deserve our sun. I mean, we we love our sun, so let's not go there. You know, we love our sun, especially in Colombia. And, you know, going to the Maldives, we do need that tan, you know. Everyone loves to go under the sun. That's yeah number one but back to um a little bit of a sidetrack and i apologize for so much getting off topic uh how can people actually find you becky um i know that you're on facebook but do you also have the website ready yeah so i have the website it is literally just www.reikiwithbecky.com so it is quite and that's becky with a y so it's quite easy um i also do have instagram which is reiki with becky um instagram is very new uh i mostly get my clients from word of mouth but i am active on there so if anyone wants to follow that'd be great um i'm also really aware that when i was at say my lowest um i didn't have that much financial Uh, I didn't have that much money to spend on healing. So if there are people who are struggling financially um, and do want to just message me, I can, um, we can figure something out as well. So, yeah. Thank you so much for coming here to share all your light uh, with all of us, your wisdom and to help, uh, you know, society. We are in a big need of spreading more light as we are transitioning right now. So every light worker for me, is like a, a diamond that I have found in the sea. So very much appreciated uh, for all of you listening, queens and kings, as I love you so much. 
Becky is uh, here to help you if you want to recharge your batteries or connect to your future self. I will post her a website in the description box below with the video. So feel free to um, contact her if you have any questions. You can also actually leave us a message underneath these videos as well. We will receive them and happy to answer any questions you may have either for me or for Becky. I'm, I'm sure she would be happy to answer any question. Yeah, definitely. And just thank you so much. And if anybody out there is feeling alone at the moment, um, just touch a tree and remember that we are still all connected. And exactly, we definitely are. Thank you so much again, Becky. Love and light. And I'll see all of you in the next podcast. Take care.